You're listening to the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast. In today's publishing landscape, you can reach fans all over the world. Query letters are a thing of the past. You don't even need a literary agent. There is nothing standing in the way of making a living from writing. Join two best-selling authors who have self-published more than 20 books between them. Now, on to the show with your hosts, Autumn Burt and Jasper Schmidt. Hello, I'm Jasper. And I'm Autumn. This is episode 100 of the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast. Imagine that. I we know, made it I'm to excited. 100 episodes. <laughs> oh, I'm just tickled. That's pretty much a success story right there. Yeah, I actually prepared a suitable sound clip. Uh, are you ready for it, uh, yeah, Autumn? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, sure. Okay, here we go. <laughs> that's yeah, perfect. It's uh that's it's pretty amazing. I, I don't know what to say. Hundred episodes. It's it's a good. I mean, this is then the dedicated "Ask Us Anything" episode Ooh. in celebration of it being number one hundred. So uh, thank you to all of you who sent in some questions. It was yes. great, and we are looking forward to dive in. <laughs> so uh, yeah, this is gonna be good. Yes, I can't wait. And then we got some good questions, so we have all that lined up. And I, like I said, I'm just so excited. It's not because I've had like six cups of tea today. I swear, <laughs> I'm just thrilled that we actually made it to 100 episodes. Yeah, but before we get into all of that, uh, all of that, how, how are things with you, um, Autumn? Good. Would you believe? And this is a huge confession. Um, so I'm writing my uh-huh. 23rd book. I finally, right. for the first time ever in my life, I joined NaNoWriMo. So, yeah, I, I saw that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I saw you posting about it. Yeah, I, I joined seven days late. So I know for some people that would be pretty much a death knell. But I just, I figured I finished the plotting. It's the first time in my life that I had a book, a new book I was going to start. And it was November so I went for mm-hmm. it, and we just passed, while we're recording this, uh, we just passed the middle of the month, and guess my word count. Uh, 25. Oh, you're so close. I was at 22,000, so I <laughs> I made up at least, I'm pretty close to making up that first week where I didn't do any writing, I just did plotting. So I think I'm going to survive my first NaNoWriteMo and hopefully get my badge, and I'll at least be able to say finally that I did one. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I've never done that, so... Uh... Yeah. That's pretty cool. It is. It's actually been a lot of fun. I've met some other authors in Vermont where I'm living and other ones online. I've got some writing buddies and people I can chat with, which we all need more authors we can chat with and share. (laughs) Whoa. So it's been really a ton of fun and I'm glad I joined. So how are things on your side of the Atlantic? Well, it's uh, good. Uh, I, normally, I would probably complaining because uh, all senior soccer matches has been cancelled oh, yeah, due to COVID nineteen again. Uh, so normally, I would be complaining about that, but actually, I think it's a good thing because <laughs> it makes me, it gives me more time to prepare to move houses. Yeah, uh, you know, at least now I don't spend four four hours every Saturday uh, in. Um, in refereeing so, so that's pretty good <laughs> that's true you've got a, your plate pretty much full between stuff that we've got going on oh a family a job moving um yes you might yes. have that might have been a little bit too much of a crunch time for you 
it is a bit crazy i must admit and uh, even the boys felt that it was a bit um it was, they were all the, the youngest almost got a bit stressed he said the other day i'm oh. getting stressed he said because uh, oh, they, no. they've been busy organizing all their lego because they have a ton of it and uh, they're getting older so they're not they don't really play with it so yeah. they decided that they wanted to put it out for sale which is fine so, but then they have to organize it all and mm-hmm. put it in bags and everything that belongs together and stuff like that. So, uh, <laughs> so they've been pretty busy, and uh, they've been trying to get it done before we move. So, the, yeah, that was why the youngest said, "I'm getting stressed. I have so much Lego. I have to organize." <laughs> oh, the woes and problems of a child. I just yeah, wish. <laughs> yeah. they're solvable. But uh, yeah, yeah. But uh, mid-December, we need to be out of the house. Uh, but we do get access to the apartment the 1st of December. So I'm actually looking forward to the move, even though we are going to have a lot less space in the new place. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but hey, the apartment is next to the beach, so I, I won't complain, right? <laughs> I I will be angry at you if you complain. I have spent one winter next to the ocean in Myrtle Beach, and I miss it very nostalgically now. So I think that is so awesome. A week on the internet with the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast. So we never ever talk politics on this podcast, and I'm not going to do it now okay. either. <laughs> okay, my heart just skipped a beat. I feel no. Where is this going? <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm not okay. going to do it. I just wanted to mention that I have really noticed how the U.S. election impacted the activity in the Am Writing Fantasy Facebook group. <laughs> oh, yeah, I think that is true. It is. They've no one's been unhappy with each other, but I've definitely seen some stuff online where um, even book sales in the twenty to fifty k Facebook group has mentioned that a lot of people have seen some tanking and lots of yeah. less activity going on. So I I do think that is what is going on in the world. Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. It's not because anybody has been arguing in the Facebook no. group. That was, was not what I meant. I, I more <laughs> lo- just meant that there is a lot less posts and comments yeah. in there than normally. That's perfectly understandable, but it just stood out to me so much that I noticed it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, but if, if you, dear listener, have not joined the group yet, uh, and by the way, normally it is very active. Oh, then, very, uh, <laughs> normally. <laughs> normally we can't keep to- up. <laughs> Yeah, so head on over to Facebook and type in Am Writing Fantasy in the search field among the groups and uh, you will find us. Yes, and it's definitely, I mean, I'm not a huge Facebook fan, but I would stay on Facebook just for Am Writing Fantasy because there are some great folks over there and fantastic questions and interactions. So I do love when I get a chance, when I do turn on Facebook and put on my Facebook corral before going in, (laughs) uh, I get to spend some time in there, which is lovely. Yeah, I don't like Facebook either, but uh, I like the group and I like to run ads, <laughs> but that's pretty much it. <laughs> so that's pretty much, yeah, keeps us all, we're there because we are authors and who we are, we end up being there. <laughs> yeah, okay, so anything else to mention, Autumn, before we dive into all our wonderful questions? Well, only that if you happen to uh, go into the group or look me up on Instagram, Twitter, wherever you want to try to find me, because I swear we're like, I have just joined Discord because of NaNoWritemo. So I just what I needed was another social media account. But um, if you look me up, because you can't find it on Facebook, they just released the fantasy roundtable I was a part of. And that was a lot of fun. So if you're a new author and you're looking for some fantasy writing tips from three fantasy authors, uh, you know, give me a shout and I will send you the link. It's on YouTube. So yeah, 
you know, it's a fun thing to check out and get some advice and laugh with us women as we share. <laughs> yeah, and if you remember to do so, Autumn, you could also add the link in the show notes. Yeah, oh, I will do my best. Yeah. And on to today's topic. So we have some great questions lined up. Ah, but, uh, yeah, but before we get into those... I thought it would be fun if we each reflected a bit on what it feels like to have reached 100 episodes. What do you uh, think? I'm so thrilled. I mean, I've written... I remember when I finished like my first series. That's what it reminds me of, is when you hit that kind of a milestone. You're like, gosh darn it, I did it! And why are we so obsessed as humans with round numbers? But besides that, I think it's so amazing that we managed to hit 100. I did We, we didn't count YouTube videos, did we? Do you know how many you had published? Uh, yeah, so I think the first something like probably 25-ish Mm -hmm. uh, YouTube video or was actually YouTube videos that we turned into the podcast. Mm -hmm. But before then, there's probably a hundred YouTube videos even before then. <laughs> so, so we're technically at 200 is what you're yeah, saying. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well we that's don't a count huge, those. I know, but that's a huge accomplishment. <laughs> oh, I, I'm just, it makes me feel real, I guess is maybe the theory, not professional. I already feel felt, but you know, like, I'm not a newbie anymore. We we deserve like the one, the little birthday cake with the candle and all that. Mm, yeah. So how does it make you feel? Yeah. Well, I know I asked this question. You know, I, I wrote to you and said let let's let's talk about a bit about this in the beginning <laughs> before we get into the actual questions that people have posted. And <laughs> and then afterwards, uh, then I started thinking about it. Well, what do I actually feel? And then I. I got a bit confused with myself because <laughs> it's like uh, I don't I don't know maybe maybe it sounds a bit weird I don't know <laughs> but you know I I am happy of course that we oh, reached yeah. episode one hundred and and I know it is not a small feat uh, to have had the podcast running for this long you know well, there's a lot of podcasts out there that never even make it to episode 10 yeah so very true. of course that part i am happy about so i'm not trying to say that i'm not but there is a but here you can probably <laughs> hear right <laughs> i think i might have noticed it, that yeah yeah but it, it's just tell me if I'm, maybe i'm a bit weird right but, mm. but it's just like i don't quite feel it being such a huge accomplishment in and i, I cannot put my finger on why i mean perhaps it just says something about my lack of ability to to, to celebrate <laughs> <laughs> true i did recently hear that your your birthday was a little bit toned down so no wild it, parties that, that it was as well yeah <laughs> i it, well, no, no, I get, you know it's it's just like when i finish a writing project as well i just jump on to the next one <laughs> or, or when we finish we just jump on to the next, on one. next one uh, we never stop and i do and i was gonna say that's i would definitely say like it feels it doesn't feel like an ending it feels like just the beginning i mean if we're in the seven stages we might have passed the intro and maybe we're beyond the inciting incident who knows but it's <laughs> we got a lot more to go so it's a hill it's not everest yet but it's kind of cool 
talk to us when we hit a thousand. We'll see how we're doing <laughs> then. Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> you better want to celebrate. We're, we'll have to get together for the thousands episode. Oh, if I could say that, we only do podcasting, and I can't talk. <laughs> Yeah, it's usually well. I'm usually the one who can't talk, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> no. But but I think actually, rather than waiting for one thousand, I think the real lesson here is that I really need to learn how to celebrate accomplishments yeah, okay. because I'm not good at it. I'm really not good at it. <laughs> oh well, we'll have to find something to celebrate then, and and plan a party. Or if everyone yeah. joins Patreon, we have we guaranteed everyone that if we ha- hit so many members, we would have a party. So that would be the other way to make you celebrate is if everyone went and joined Patreon for a dollar and we'd that have to have a party. Awesome. <laughs> there you awesome. go. Yeah. That would be awesome. But also just, uh, I think also just between the two of us, you know, Autumn, uh, yeah, yeah. once we finished building a course or we finished writing a book mm. or something, we need to find a way to uh, at least in one way or another celebrate a bit more that we accomplished something because... I don't know. I, I never do it. I just jump straight on to the next thing on my to-do list and I sort of already forgot all the stuff I already did. I think you also forgot that you're talking to the author who finished one book and started the next one the exact same day. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I, th- I think you're right. I think maybe we'll have to rope in our spouses. Maybe we can rope in our listeners. How do you, when we're on different continents, this is not like we're in different states because goodness knows I'm a long distance traveler. If there was a way to drive to where you are. I would have driven there by now <laughs> because I've gone over 100,000 miles in my car. So I can do that. Yeah. But there's that ocean. It's very pesky. <laughs> I don't have yeah, a sailboat right. at the moment. But how? So we no. need a way of celebrating virtually. So if anyone has fantastic celebration ideas, uh, you know, let us know in the comments. We're, we're open to learning to, we need, both need rehabilitation uh, to be more celib- celebratory. <laughs> no, I like that idea. That's good. All right. Okay. Yeah. And while I might not be very good at celebrating, I do <laughs> love recording this podcast. And yes. I actually have a question for you, Autumn. All right. Ooh. Yeah, because I, I feel like we've had some great conversations on, the, mm-hmm. on this podcast. And we've also had some great guests on. Oh, we have. But I was wondering, which one of the past 99 episodes was one of, what, which one was your favorite and why? Well. Oh, that's a good question. You know, off the top of my head, I would say if you talked about ones I'm most proud of, when you interviewed Joanna Penn, my heart's still like, oh my God, that's so amazing (laughs) that she was on as our guest. But honestly, sincerely from my heart, my favorite episode was 69, My Journey as an Author, The Good and the Bad. Do you want to know why? Okay. Yeah, for sure. Because that's one where you listed us as teaming up as one of your highlights as an author. And I just love that. So oh, yeah. I'm sentimental that way. So I just no, that that's good. No, I, I actually remember that. it. Yeah. No, no. That's right. right. So what's yours? That's a good pick. That's a damn good pick. Now I don't I don't let you I can do the same. <laughs> that's why I got to go first. <laughs> Yeah, now you now now you made my life difficult. <laughs> <laughs> that is partially my role. You know? uh, yeah, yeah, I noticed. <laughs> I shouldn't have asked that question. <laughs> <laughs> you should have made me ask you that question. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, we've had so many good guests on, and there are so many to pick from. I mean, mm-hmm. you mentioned Joanna Penn. Oh. We've had C.S. Lakin. Yeah. Jay Thorne and Zach Bohannon. Oh, yeah. Mark Leslie LeFave. 
who am I forgetting? Sasha Black, we had yeah. her on. Of course, Alexa Bigwaffe, I guess that's how you Bigwaffe, say it. yeah. 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 Uh, I could go on and on. Yeah. Kirsten Oliphant as yeah. well. Uh, I know I've probably forgotten a few names there and, and I don't mean to. So sorry if any of the guests, uh, past guests are listening here. There's just so many to choose from. Yes. Um, yeah. And then there's also the kind of episodes where you and I do alternating lists. <laughs> so uh, much I like fun. those as well. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So there's a lot to choose from. But if I have to choose only one, mm. I think I would say... Probably episode 34. 34. Do you know which one that is? No, which one's that one? It's actually not cover- covering any topic at all. Uh, and it is not having any particularly important guest on either. <laughs> it- <laughs> what were we doing? <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> I actually chose it because it was the episode where we announced that we were going to stop creating YouTube videos and turn this oh. into a podcast. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, and I just feel like I think that was the best one because I thought that I think that's the best decision we made. (laughs) I I am not complaining. I really enjoy the podcast format more than I expected I would. Uh, But it's it's wonderful and it's great working with you. And so I think that one's a fantastic one. Yeah, yeah. I, I still don't feel it's sort of it's as good as your pick. But okay. <laughs> well, you know, I have won a couple of our recent contests, so that's just the way it goes. <laughs> the way it goes, I guess. Yes. Yes. I can just uh, feel honored that uh, I'm doing the podcast with you, since you're so good at it. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> well, I wouldn't be doing it at all if it wasn't for you. So there you go. <laughs> it's a partnership. Okay. Well. Yeah, indeed. So we have um, we have some good questions. Yes. Uh, some people gave us some audio files, and those are great. So we're going to play those today. Yes. And we also got quite a number of uh, questions sent in via text, uh, you know, emails or somebody filled in the Google form that we mm-hmm. announced previously and so on. So I'm thinking we're just going to go through them one by one, and then we're going to both reply to all the questions and that's it for today all right well that sounds almost too easy but i can't wait (laughs) yeah so okay i'll try to just uh be a bit in the driver's seat here not because i wanted to be a control freak but just because (laughs) uh then we make sure we got we get through all of them in in a bit of an order (laughs) so that's the only reason and without yeah. taking an hour and a half, so... Yeah, hopefully, okay. yeah. <laughs> All right. But okay, let, let's just get started here. And the first question is from Said. And uh, Said asks, what single work has most direct, directly influenced your fantasy writing? Hmm. What do you say about that? I say that's a tough one. I, The one thing I can say came up to me is simply the short story uh, by Anne McCaffrey on Dragon Impression. I can't even remember the name of it, and I know it's just a short story. So if you Google it, short story Anne McCaffrey, Dragon Impression. And I, it's funny because that's really not changing my fantasy writing, but if I hadn't read that, that is the story that hooked me on fantasy and dragons and took me on as a reader and opened up the whole genre to me. So if it wasn't for that one, I, I could be writing My Best Friend Loved Mystery and Nancy Drew. So who knows, I could have fallen into that. But no, I write fantasy because of that short story. 
So how about you? I don't, I don't think I've ever... Is, is it an old one, uh, Autumn? Or? It's Well, um, I'm older than you, so yes, it is an old one. I was I read it in like elementary <laughs> I <mean> school. <laughs> I didn't mean to hint at that. <laughs> yes, um, it is. And I, I would have to again go, it was in a compilation, but I think you can actually find it solo online now. It's that old is it still any good or is it one of those where it was good back then but no not anymore i haven't reread it honestly i just know it's i just absolutely fell in love i mean it was a little boy who wanted to become a a dragon rider and he ends up getting the bronze dragon which next to the queen is like the top dragon to get but i mean it it's just it's sweet and it has dragons you get to you know a dragon bonds with you and it's so i don't want to reread it it's just the memories of it it's wonderful okay Hmm. Okay. Well, for me, I would. Well, the, the question is influenced my writing, and, yes. and there I would probably say Lord of the Rings. I know mm. that's not very original, <laughs> but <laughs> I don't know. I I really like Tolkien's writing. Mm-hmm. Um, well, everything except Tom Bombadil, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, but but everything else, I I really like his writing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you were talking about getting hooked on fantasy. Uh, my love for the fantasy genre was not Tolkien. Mm-hmm. Uh, it actually started with Dragonlance. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, th- those books really got me hooked on fantasy. Um, and it, it's actually quite funny. Last week, this is not an, a, a new book either, but last week I was going through uh, on the Kindle books on Amazon. Uh-huh. And I was, uh, I can't remember why, but I was looking for some, some of the old Dragonlance books. Maybe it's because I'm reading them with the, with my, with my kids. So oh. maybe that's why I, was, I can't remember why I was looking through it. But, but then all of a sudden I noticed that there was a book, uh, about Raistlin, you know, he, 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 he's oh, really? earlier days. Yeah. So oh. I bought that one. And I haven't started reading it yet, but I, I'm really looking forward to reading that one. Yeah, it's not it's not new know. or anything. It's just me who, who <laughs> I just haven't noticed it before. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because I, I, I had read all of those up until I think we got into the Forgotten Realms or whatever. And at some point in the twentieth book, I I stopped reading, and so I've drifted away. But yeah, you'll have to let me know how that is because I might want to revisit that world. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so the next one, I have an audio f- uh, recording of the question. So let's listen what Micah has to say. How do you guys get and keep your inspiration? So that was uh, maybe a bit low, so let me just uh, repeat. So Micah asks, how do we get and keep our inspiration? All right. Oh, that's... Hmm. Because, yeah, I'm looking, I see that his entire one, he wanted to know, especially to complete a novel. So that is a tough one. I guess I think it's part of my personality. I'm a task-oriented, and I like to finish anything I start. When I was a studio artist, because I was painting way before I was writing, I would always finish anything I started because... I just I started it. Of course I'm going to finish it. But to keep the inspiration going, I think you have to for me to keep it alive is I fall in love with the characters. To the point where they wake me up in the middle of the night. Uh it's sometimes more alive to me than the world around me, which I actually think is a flaw. I have to I thank goodness I have a husband and a dog because I don't know I'd be I'd be like um the lady of Shalot up in my tower and like daydreaming all day instead of actually remembering that there's an actual world outside my door that I should go visit occasionally. So 
to me, I just live in my stories. I love my stories. And they just, I was meant to be a writer and to tell these stories. And so that is how I keep the inspiration going is by feeding them frequently with ideas and sing songs. And even with my husband, we play word games all the time. Thank goodness he's like, he likes literary things or we probably still wouldn't be together after 20 years. So that's a good sign. Um, but that's how I feed it. You, you have to feed your ideas. You feed your stories. You let your characters become so real that to let go of them, to not spend time with them hurts. And so you keep writing. Yeah, that's a good answer. <laughs> I might be slightly yeah, insane, I think, but, you know it's okay. Yeah. No, no. But I, I think for me, in terms of getting inspiration, um, I get it from everywhere. You know, sometimes I I can wake up in the morning and then there's some sort of scene playing in my mm. head, and I quickly have to write it down. So I always have a notepad next to my bed because then <laughs> I often get ideas uh, when I sleep and when I wake up. Yeah. Uh, other times, maybe I'm reading something or watching a movie. Or there's just something that triggers me. Mm -hmm. And then I'll write that down as well. It can also be a podcast that I'm listening to. I, I must say that, yeah, my inspiration mostly come in the form of scenes or, or like concepts that I think are cool. Um, and then I build from there. But I, I think as far as keeping the inspiration going, I, I have to do a bit of a shameless plug here because <laughs> in terms of keeping the inspiration going, we actually cover this in, in quite some detail in our, in our guidebook about story ideas. Mm -hmm. uh, so that one can be found on Amazon or everywhere else that you buy books. Uh, and by the way, if you instead buy the plotting book, uh, it's called Plot Development. You can get the story idea book for free. There is a link inside that plotting book for it. But I'm saying all of that because once we have a solid premise, which is what we discussed in that book, how to develop, then once that is done, then we also know that we have something that is interesting enough to keep the story going until to the end. So yeah, I just had to do that plot there because I really <laughs> think that, that really answers the question that's how, that's how we keep it going that's true that's a very good point yeah so we also had a question from lisa perhaps yes. you can read that one autumn yes i will read the the question part because she had sent in a little bit of fun story as well but we'll go with the question Elisa asks, I often wonder what it is like to be so immersed in a story and then keep going. I know you have to decide to pull the plug because you would become sick of eating and drinking and sleeping about it, I'm sure. <laughs> but don't you ever come up with another idea or thought and want to go back or do you just move on? So do you want to start with that one? Yeah, I mean, it does happen more often than not that I get another idea or think of a way to maybe... It could be a full other story idea, but it could also be just a way to expand on something that I'm already writing, you know, that, oh, it would be cool if if it was like this and that as well. And then that sort of sparks a side story or something almost. Uh, but I think I've found that it is far more efficient to avoid the temptation <laughs> in the situation. <laughs> <laughs> just write it down uh, that idea that you got so you don't forget about it and then keep going with what you originally were working upon because unless it's something that i can fix like in a few minutes you know, like if it's just an idea like oh okay cool no, cool if i did like this and that and i, I can just add a, one more paragraph or something that is fine then i'll do it right away but otherwise 
I'll leave it for the editing stages. Mm-hmm. So I think when first drafting, at least, it saves a lot of time. And the faster I can make the writing go during first draft, the better for me. Um, but I also think for the reader, because at the end of the day, the, the, the book will be done more quickly that way. So I, I know exactly what you mean, what Lisa means. I know what you mean by the question, Lisa, but, but I think it's best to avoid the temptation. But I, I don't know if you agree with that, Autumn. No, I agree, because I was going to say just sort of like what I said. I don't mind eating and drinking and just living in this story to the point where sometimes I forget the real world exists. If it wasn't for like <laughs> being in a, having to adult occasionally and make money and those sorts of things, go to the grocery store, I if I, did, well, if I wasn't the cook in the family, I would probably forget to eat occasionally. I honestly would. I can get so wrapped up in this stuff. But yeah, I do sometimes think of other ideas or like if I'm writing, if it's an idea for the current book I'm writing, I will go back. And if it's something I've already written, I'll just highlight and do a comment. If it's something that's further ahead because I have all my stories and chapters outlined, I'll just put a note in that chapter outline. And when I get there, I'll put it in where it needs to be or I'll fix it in the editing. But if it's a completely different story, because I'm a bit of a pantser slash plotter, I'm a hybrid. So I will just simply take a note. There's nothing, there's no idea that can come to me that is so fully fledged that I can just jump to it because I would want to spend time with it. I want to get to know the characters. I need to plot it out. I need to figure out the world and world build and develop. There's so much work that goes into wanting to start a story that I don't ever just jump to it except if I happen to be getting close to finishing a series I have learned it's a lot less painful if I let go of my characters gently and I've already started world building and writing and developing the other story so I I, this is me I have written three books three like you know, three things at the same time. So, but usually I have one main story and I start on a second plot. Um, You and I are going to be writing together. Plus I'm writing on my own. So it's, I do a lot of writing, but I find that works. I'm very, very compartmentalized in my mind. So I can just, you know, open up that file cabinet and go right in and spend lots of time in this wonderful, they're magical filing cabinets. I don't want it to sound boring. They're like, you open it up and there's a whole little world in there and it's really exciting and, you know, there's stars. So <laughs> it's not really, it's not one of those boring office ones. It's magical. But that's, so that's how I do it. If it's a really good idea, I take copious notes. I put it aside. I start developing it on the side. And if it's really, really good, eventually it becomes a side project. And when the main one finishes, it becomes the next one. Hmm, very good. So next question is from Mark Justin. Uh-huh. So Mark says, one time I showed someone my writing. They said it felt more fitting to call it a visual novel script than a traditional story. What's one way to make the writing flow better and not feel like a bunch of text? <laughs> this is right down your alley, order. It is. It's also a tough one. But so the thing is, it depends on what, what they meant by visual novel. I mean, do you have mostly dialogue? Do you have mostly information? But to bring it alive is to bring the world to life. To bring, do you want to just kind of suck the reader into a character's head? So you need to choose 
a point of view, and we call it a deep point of view, that you feel like you are sitting inside of a character's head and you sense whatever they sense. So that's not just seeing, which is where the visual comes from, but you want to know what they're smelling. What are they touching, tasting? What do they feel? You want to know these emotions so that other sense as well is there. Once you can pull that world and bring it to life so that you can describe the character walking through the forest and they hear the crunch of the leaves, they smell the wet earth of the ferns and the moss, and they feel the wind on their skin. When you have that text that is building those layers of the world up to the reader, and you're sharing the dialogue and you're having all of that, that's going to make it flesh out that world really well. Yeah, all the stuff around the um, emotion or, or like senses and stuff, that was also mm-hmm. where I was going. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I would say on top of that, uh, I encourage you to listen to our recent episode 98, actually, mm-hmm. because we talked about the top mistakes that new authors make in that episode. And there's quite a few tips and tricks there that I think you will find useful. Um, he, Mark, you also said... Uh, that it should not feel like a bunch of text. Uh, this might not have been what you meant by it, but when you said that, um, it, it sort of just made me think about info dumps. <laughs> <laughs> you know, these large blocks of text where you just explain something to the reader. That might not in, in, be at all what you meant by uh, a bunch of text. But um, but on top of the situation around senses that uh, Autumn just explained so well, I think it is important that you also find ways in which to deliver those kind of world-building information through the actions of the characters or through dialogue. Because at least when it comes to making the writing flow better, that makes a huge difference. Yes. Uh, just be, just before we started recording, uh, I was just uh, talking to Autumn about a book that I recently... I'm not going to say what type, which <laughs> book it was, because uh, then uh, somebody might get mad with that. Mm, <laughs> but, no, uh, I was just that. explaining how there was chapters of chapters of info dumping, and it, it's really not... It does not flow very well. Yeah, and I checked some of the, uh, <laughs> some of the Amazon reviews as well, and they pointed it out, not Ooh. always so politely, but that's Ooh. exactly what they... <laughs> yeah but okay i think that one is probably covered there so uh, we have another audio file that i'm gonna play now autumn and jesper congratulations on your 100th podcast you guys are really dedicated and you are an inspiration i think to us all you are to me anyway i've got a question what methods do you two turn to to de-stress or at least try to, when taking a break during a particularly difficult period of problematic writing. Hmm. That's a good one. (laughs) De-stress. We live on stress. (laughs) Well, honestly, I was just thinking, I don't know if I'm the best one to answer this one, Uh. because... I really never struggle that much with feeling stressed. Uh, I know I'm lucky in that way, but I really don't feel it. Uh, maybe I'm just uh, maybe I'm just not in tune with my own emotions or something. I don't know, but I don't really feel stressed. Uh, but what I can say though is I do like to go for a walk. Um, I try to do that most days of the week, uh, and I also. Three times a week in the morning, uh, before I do anything else, I run five kilometers. 
before I start my workday. And then in the evenings, I do like to relax watching Netflix, HBO or Amazon or something like this. And so I guess you could say that that helps to de-stress myself, but I don't know. As I said, I'm not the best one to answer this one. So I hope you have some good <laughs> to say. I'm, I'm starting on you now. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm starting to think my writing partner is actually an AI, but mm, I know you're not. So, <laughs> Oh, that's it's a tough one, and it really depends on what's causing stress. I am definitely a little bit of a masochist, so if something's bothering me, I sometimes dig in. Uh, my mom calls it stubborn. I call it dedicated. <laughs> and, uh, so sometimes, you know, if I'm really hitting a wall, but I, I just haven't been trying that long. And I've, you know, maybe been sitting down for 15 minutes and I'm like, no, you know, I am a writer. This is my job. This is my career. So I'll start doing like, what if questions or I'll write down the problem I'm having. And then I'll see, you know, do some brainstorming writing right into the novel and then just delete it later of, you know, what needs to happen? Why am I stuck? But I agree. Sometimes writing, uh, cooking, obviously, I love food. So that can be very inspirational. And it does seem as soon as I get involved in something very complicated that I, you know, my hands are covered in goo and I'm like, oh, that's the answer. I need a dictation <laughs> device really badly. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sometimes um, I don't mind a little bit of wine, a little bit of, I like rum and I like scotch. Those are little go-tos. I'll sit down with that and stare at my computer a little bit longer. But yeah, sometimes it's like, okay, <laughs> you know, I look at the dog, the dog looks at me and I'm like, walkies? And we go for a walk and one, the world all has been a better place and I forget about everything. And once we're back from playing in the stream, and hunting for frogs, we'll uh, I'll get back to work, and it's usually a little bit better. I don't ever. I have hit a few spots. If I've worked on a chapter and I'm on the same chapter for, I'd say three days. Three days. If I'm on the same chapter for three days, I I feel like it's been too long. It's going on forever, and I'm stuck. And I'll sometimes just write a couple sentences and just go to the next one, and then come back and fix it later. And I couldn't get that picture out of my mind of just sitting there with a glass of wine staring at the screen, just like <laughs> totally stuck. <laughs> uh, next time it happens, I'll have a, my husband take a picture for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, we'll see what look I'm on sitting my face. here waiting for inspiration. I know it's going to come sooner or later. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> yeah. No worries. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay, so we have another question from Zaid, and perhaps you can take this one, on. Yeah, so Zaid also asked, which part of the journey from concept to publication do you hate the most? Hmm. So what's your least favorite part? Yeah, I, this was not that difficult for me. <laughs> <laughs> but this is also why we have divided the workload between us the way we have, because... <laughs> I hate what I hate the most is editing. Um, <laughs> it, it's I really like the result of the editing. I, I love when the first draft turns into something that flows really nicely and all the words are sounding good and that stuff. I love that part. <laughs> but I hate going through it because it is so painfully slow and it annoys the crap out of me when I've spent three hours and I've only edited one chapter. I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I, I, I get Autumn to do the editing. <laughs> and that's why editing is not my answer. <laughs> yeah. And this one was a tough one for me because what I hate the most is after publication. I okay. hate AMS ads or anything that requires going back and fine tuning. If you happen to have read my Patreon post for today, yeah, I just happen to have 
resonated really well with this question. I am just not that good at sitting down and fine tuning and looking at iteration after iteration after iteration and just sticking with it and not feeling like I'm panicking because I'm wasting money or it's not going anywhere. I just spreadsheet results, statistics, I lo- calculus, algebra. I love mathematics, except for statistics. Statistics are not mathematics. They should just be burned. But <laughs> So when it comes to those stuff, when you're boiling down results into numbers, and I know it's important, but my brain just goes, <laughs> it just goes up in flames. So that's why I have you. You handle it. But since that came yeah. technically <laughs> after the, the publication, and that's what he asked, I would say for, to fit the parameters of Zaid's question, I my least favorite part is simply the time it takes. I love these stories and I want to spend so much time and I'm task oriented and I I just want to sit down and it's like my day off, my birthday, you people ask, what do you want to do? I'm like, I want to write. It's like, well, that's not going to get me anywhere because I'll just be another 2000 words closer to my 100,000. And then I'm going to start another novel and I'm never going to be mm-hmm. done mm-hmm. until I take my last breath. And then I swear my ghost will keep writing. So, um, it's the time. I want to be able to write these stories out so much faster. I want that one hour, extra hour that I'm writing on my birthday, you know, to mean something more than drop in a bucket. But it doesn't. Yeah, there's a loop back to the conversation about celebration here as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there might be. Oh, we got to work yeah. on that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so let's jump into the next question. Yes. This one is from Philippe. Uh, so Philippe says... As I outline a serial, the setting I am drawn to keeps constantly morphing. Time period, magic, predominance, levels of tech, aesthetics, etc. To the point that it halts progress. What to do? (laughs) Should I commit to something even if something else is more interesting? Should how do I block the influx of influences? That's a good one. That is a good one. Can I just say yes? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, that's, that is my answer is yes. But uh, yes, you have to choose one. You have to make that decision. And even if you doubt it later, you have to make it the best thing you can. And as an example, I was writing the sixth book in one of my my World of Mirror, my Elemental Magic series. And I think I was halfway through and I'm like, you know what? I really actually have started bonding with the villain who up till then I, I, I didn't like in the sixth book. And I suddenly saw his perspective and I thought, oh my gosh, this book, I could tell it totally from his view. He is totally right. Everyone else is completely wrong for trying to stop him. And I'm like, well, I'm not rewriting the entire series. That that <laughs> idea is still in me. And I still think, oh, I could bring him back and do something so cool with him. But I had to let it go because I had to make that decision. You have to keep going. You ha- If you're going to write a book, you got to write the book and take those ideas that you think are so cool and put them aside and write a book with those. But you do just have to make that decision. You have to stick to it. You've got to write the book. And just try to save up the other inspiration for something later. Yeah. It almost sounds to me, Philippe, that you need to spend a bit of more time in that wonderful place of world building. <laughs> because, you know, if you're saying that your concepts aren't clear and you sort of come up with things on the fly, that you struggle with consistencies, um, 
you, well, you're going to create quite a lot of editing work for yourself. <laughs> so um, I think it's probably better if you try to spend a bit more time in the world building phase here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Autumn and I always complete the world building, you know, nailing down the setting before we start writing. Because this is allow- this allows us to inform the writing with details that actually, quite honestly, we could never have thought of during yeah. the writing itself. Um, so try to separate the world building from your outline. It almost sounds like you're sort of doing both in, in parallel here, but see if you can spread them or separate them. So you do all your world building first, and then you work on your outline. I think then you are, uh, your experience with everything keep morphing won't happen so much now because then you already know your world, you know your setting, you know what you want there to be there, and then you can work on your outline and, and make that influence the outline. Um, so, yeah, mapping out your story, once you have that firm grasp of your setting, I think that'll help a lot. Yeah, definitely. Okay, right. we then have another question from Corey. Yes. All right, Corey asked, what is the most effective way to overcome writer's block? I've tried reading, and then I've tried to write right after, listening to audiobooks while writing, listening to music, meditating, nothing seems to work, and I haven't written in nearly three weeks now. So what are some tips you can give me? Oh, I'm sorry to hear that, Corey. Yeah, um, that's frustrating. I, I f- yeah, I feel with you. A, a lot of authors are, are, are struggling with things like that, so please don't feel alone. Um, I think my number one tip is outlining. Uh, I know some people don't like outlining. Uh, that's why we wrote a whole uh, guidebook on how to outline to to help some of those people. Uh, because if you try to map out your story in advance, I would say 99% of the times where authors experience writer's block, it's because they don't know what needs to happen next. So they get stuck and they're like, well, I don't quite know where this is going. I don't know what I want there to happen and if i think of something is that exciting enough does it hit the right tropes or does it you know sync up with the character arc and so on and so on so yeah as mentioned earlier in this episode autumn and i wrote a full step-by-step guide on how to plot a novel so you can go and search for our names on amazon if you want to to have a check uh, check out that book if you want but you don't have to you can also try to go about it on your own if you want but but I would say try to spend some time you know outlining and understanding your story Corey I feel that that will probably help you yes I agree and definitely it's uh, yeah I always love that quote the, an author who isn't writing is courting madness I mean it's <laughs> it just itches under our skin and it seems to reinforce itself so I mean she's tried a lot of things I'd suggest other than a little bit of wine uh, <laughs> works for me but another good thing so if nothing else is working I agree what um, come up with some what if questions especially if you're if you're stuck with a chapter like what's supposed to happen in the chapter you know look at how to set up that chapter, what is happening, what's the hook, what is going to be starting, what's the character's goals, look through all that, uh, do some brainstorming questions about what's going on, try to you know, read whatever, think about this character, think about the character's arc, what are they, what they just do, what are they trying to accomplish? Sometimes just to sink into their heads, I will switch. If I'm writing in first third person, which is how I prefer to write, maybe I'll do a quick sentences in first person, 
try to talk about what they're seeing, feeling, thinking right then, even if I end up cutting it later, just trying to force my head into this characters and the world and what is happening in the novel. And usually something in there will give finally, and I can just go and I will be able to write. And sometimes there's a few pieces of gold and you get to do some great setting or world building that you hadn't, you know, you might not have come up with otherwise and you can keep them. But honestly, a lot of the times you're just doing some brainstorming that you're probably going to end up deleting, but you'll be writing. So that's the important thing. Yeah. Okay, good. Uh, We have another question from Anthony. So Anthony asks, I've heard a lot about various points of views, but when I do research on them, I only find the basics. So the question is, how do you decide which point of views best fit your story? And if you're using multiple point of views, which character is the best for that scene? A second question, if you're writing in multiple point of views, how do you make sure your character voices are distinct? All right. That's a good question. That is a very good question. Those are both very good questions. And it's it's hard to break them down. And so I would say first, when you're writing your book, I, I you and I both write in multiple point of views. We love having different characters because I think it, it adds to a complicated plot. But there is nothing wrong with having just one point of view. You know, The Hobbit is a great example. It's in pretty much one point of view. It's withstood this test of time. There's nothing wrong with that. So do Hmm. consider that if you're feeling really challenged, you know, try to stick to just one character point of view. Try to do a deep point of view, which is you're not omniscient. You don't know everything going around. You just know what is that one character can look, see, feel, and hear. So you can't, you know, foreshadow with anything that they wouldn't know, which is one reason you add another point of views, because then you can add those in other places and build tension for the reader that way. To choose which one to use, you know, you don't want to use too many. You and I have written, you know, we have a course on this and we have um, a whole character development course. So it can really talks to you about how many characters you should have and how to develop their voice. But you don't want to have too many either. You don't want to be, you know, 12 characters in the first book or something. You know, four is fine. Six is getting a little too many, especially even if you have 100,000 words. You don't want to have too many. The character is supposed to, the reader is supposed to bond with these characters. If you have too many, you're jumping all over. They're not going to know. You don't want to, you don't ever want the reader confused. You want to give them very song, solid points of view so that they can bond with the characters, that they feel the emotions of the characters, the rooting for the characters, and you can't do that when you have 16 different characters. Unless you're George R.R. Martin and you're writing something that takes four decades. Then maybe you can do it, but otherwise, no. (laughs) And to choose which one, you want to go with whoever has the most impact. So you would choose the character who maybe is doing the action in the scene, or maybe the character who's going to have the most emotional cliffhanger at the end of it. But you wanted to make sure that it's also the one that's going to tell the story. And you want to make sure every character has, you know, three to four to five chapters in their point of view. If you're only having a one chapter point of view with a character, don't use it. You, know, you, you can't tell a character arc in just one chapter. And any character who has a point of view 
definitely needs a character arc. So you're going to have at least three to five chapters minimum for each of these point of view characters. So that's going to flesh out your novel really quick. They're going to have subplots. They're going to have things going on. It's all going to tie back into the main plot. It's a lot of outlining. So one character, one point of view is fine for a novel if you want to keep things simple. And some up ways of keeping your character voices distinct. You're going to have to find out what works for you. Some of the things I've suggested is if you've come up with a totem for each character, or sometimes I've written in colors. This character is always in red. Even in Scrivener, all my characters, I actually use um, character colors so I know whose point of view I'm in. So that's fine. You can choose colors. You can choose a totem. So you know this one's Wily, so you always think of a fox. I've had characters who, you know, I listen to a song and it fits, gets me into their mood. And also think about, you know, distinct things that they would have, either actions or phrases. Like if you have a sailor, they're going to call tension like a taut rigging line, where if someone else is a mercenary, they're always going to be referring to things as a ways of battle tactics. You know, once you learn to develop those character phases and the lens that they see the world in, then you're going to have that distinctive voice coming out for each character. That was long. I'm sorry. <laughs> No, I think you basically covered the entire thing there. <laughs> so, I tried. So that, was, no, that was good. Uh, I think the only thing I would add is, uh, well, of course, uh, that, that plot development book, actually the mm -hmm. entire first section of that yes. book covers these questions. Um, but the only thing I would add uh, on top of what you just said, which I fully agree with, is that uh, think a bit about which characters are going to spend a lot of time together in the same scenes. For example, if you have like a Frodo and Sam kind of situation where they spend most of the story together, then I would say avoid making Sam a character, like a point of view character, mm -hmm. because it's simply going to be challenging to keep it interesting because what what are you going to do? Explain the same scene two, uh, two times all the time because it, it, you know you see what I mean, right? That That it does not work. So just think a bit about where our characters going to be throughout the story and how much time are they going to spend together and where you have them spending a lot of time together then avoid one of them being a point of view character at least. Mm, agreed. But otherwise, I agree with all the stuff that Autumn said. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, final uh, question and also final audio clip of the day. Hey, guys. Thanks so much for picking my question up. Really appreciate it. And if I can, I just want to start by thanking you so much for running the podcast. It is pretty much the highlight of my week. Absolutely loving it. And the online communities that you're running on Patreon and Facebook have helped me more than I can say over the last year. Thank you so much. Okay, so in terms of my question, it's this. Jesper, what do you most like about Autumn's writing? And Autumn, what do you most like about Jesper's writing? <laughs> Thank you for that question, Said. Uh, I really uh, also appreciate the kind words, not only from you, but also from from James and and everybody else who yeah. who send us really kind words. So so thank you for for that. But I I really like this question when I when I heard it first, Said. I was like, oh okay, that was That's a good different. one. I didn't yeah. expect that. <laughs> I like that one too. All right. Yeah. So yeah. So I can actually mention two things. Oh, all right. Yeah, because the two things I like the most about your writing, Autumn, is uh, first of all, I like how 
you describe scenery. <laughs> you know, you're really good at making it sound interesting. At the same time, you are able to conjure up images in my mind about what the places are look, what it looks like. Mm-hmm. So that's something you're really good at, uh, and I, I really like that. But even more probably, um, I like your ability to do character development. Uh, I feel like you you're able to breathe a lot of life into the characters in a way that makes them come off as individuals uh, rather than just some cardboard people who run around doing some actions. <laughs> uh, they feel more, more like real people with their own motivations. So, uh, yeah, you, you're just a really good writer. Oh, thank you very much. And I was going to, I was going to actually mention I like your characters too because I like how we're both... Um, no-nonsense people, I think. And so your stories and your writing doesn't get bogged down. I just told you before we started recording that I'd read a book and it just, there was times that this character got so bogged down in dresses and things that <laughs> I'm just not that type of girl. And I like that you you keep things moving. And I actually, I love that your first trilogy has, you know, women as the main characters and it's you you did that that you did a great job with it you went for a lot of action and it's interesting and it's a different world and we both made the fun not quite mistake mistake of very different worlds and very tough stories as our first (laughs) we have such similar tactics and i'm just like this is this is cool i didn't know all of this when we started out on this journey of am writing fantasy together it kind of I don't know. I kind of lucked out. <laughs> I can't complain. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> but uh, and that's what I like is our our storylines and our way of tackling things meshes incredibly well, and that's to me just so exciting. You can't. I you talk to so many other authors, and they have such differences that they can't. They have a hard time writing together, and I think we're going to be just fine because we like each other's style and we have very similar kind of action-based exciting adventures where gender isn't an issue and race isn't an issue and we tend to i think yours might might have a little bit more of a darker tone and mine goes more toward noble bright but i think we're going to combine this into something amazing yeah yeah i agree so yeah this was a lot of fun i'm glad we turned the episode 100 into q a session like this i I think this, this was really good it was a lot of fun. And I, yeah, thank you so much for all the questions. And I did have one for you, even though we're running long on time. Uh oh. <laughs> recently, you discovered an Easter egg of how I got into self writing and self publishing. And I was wondering, now you know how I did, I was wondering um, what got you into self publishing and made you finally sit down and become a writer? Right. Okay. Yeah. Fine. I will answer that. But but actually, you have to uh, you have to explain your own as well for the, I for will. the listeners. I'll do it because afterwards. Otherwise, they have no idea. I will. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So so for me, it was more like so. I've always had this idea for like many many or not always, but for many 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 years, I've had this idea that one day once I retired, then I could write some stories, and then. You know, usually most years, not every year, but most years, we uh, our family goes to Finland for summer vacation. And in Finland, you we, we rent a summer cottage and there you spend quite a lot of time, you know, going in sauna and <laughs> relaxing and stuff like that. And then 
there was this one evening back in 2015 when I was sitting in that sauna. Uh, I don't remember if my wife was out swimming or whatever, but I was at least I was alone there, and I was sitting there, and I was I started thinking like, why is it that I've gotten into my head that I can only write once I get I get to retirement? Why couldn't I just write something? You know, I might not be very fast at it because I have to do day jobs and whatnot, but I could just write a bit here and there. Well, why why couldn't I just start? And why am I feeling limited? And actually, the next morning, uh-huh. I got an out. I got a laptop out and I started writing. <laughs> wow. It was a complete nightmare and mess, <laughs> and it, it has been deleted many times over since but but i started writing the next day and and i never stopped since then that's wonderful i love that all right but yeah so to explain since um no one else got to you know only a few people would have heard my other story but i had something similar i mean i i was actually an artist very long in my life since like i was four i wanted to be an artist but i always actually wrote on the side all the way down to my mother having recently shown me um, a journal I'd kept actually as a kid and my husband then stole and secreted away because I was going to burn it. (laughs) It was so horrible. (laughs) But I didn't really take it seriously. Um, But I had a habit of writing in notebooks in college because I was so bored in school, (laughs) even in college, uh, even with an English degree. And I'd write stories in my notebook and my husband found one and said, Oh my gosh, you wrote this. This is this is fantastic. You should write. And he encouraged me and he actually sent me an article on self-publishing um, with a woman who is in a similar job and a similar agency as I was working in at the time. And he's the reason I published my first book. Isn't that amazing? Isn't I it? like that story. <laughs> yes. It's all his fault. <laughs> right. Okay, so next Monday, I have a great interview lined up for you. And it's concerning one of my favorite topics, not map making this time, but (laughs) world building. If you like what you just heard, there's a few things you can do to support the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast. Please tell a fellow author about the show and visit us at Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and review. You can also join Autumn and Jasper on Patreon.com slash AmWritingFantasy. For as little as a dollar a month, you'll get awesome rewards and keep the Am Writing Fantasy podcast going. Stay safe out there and see you next Monday.